Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, let's make believe we aren't losing our minds. We talk about imagination as a way to cope with illustrator-author Tori Sharp. Plus, Biz brings the god of lightning. Woo! I just booked my first (laughs) solo vacation. (laughs) No partner, no kids, just me and my dog in a cabin in the woods, close to hiking, close to everything that I like doing and no one ever wants to do with me. (sighs) I'm so proud of myself. (sighs) I'm doing a good job. And so are you. Yay! You are doing a seriously good job. That is like epic that you are doing the thing that all of us say we are going to do and you are doing it and I am with you going off to a cabin with a dog in the middle of the woods that is heaven that is heaven and you're right no one not a lot of people want to do that and it sucks when no one else in your family wants to do it and let's get real even if your family did want to do it with you it would not be the same experience that you are about to have you deserve this trip And I am so glad to hear that you are doing it. You are doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. Speaking of good jobs, it's time to thank the people making it happen. And I would like to say there has been a group of people that we have not thanked on this show, but who deserve thanks. And I am so grateful to a listener for calling in to help me remember this. This week, I would really like to focus some thank yous to all the people who work in transportation. Buses still were running during this pandemic, as are trains and airplanes. I mean, like, people still have to get from A to B. Even when it was just for essential travelers, essential needs, somebody... Maybe we weren't remembering how essential the people were who got us to where those essential people needed to be. I am pretty sure that when uh, somebody became a city transportation worker, for example, that they weren't like, you know what I'd like to do? I would like to every day just pick up a group of strangers (laughs) during a pandemic and cross my fingers. So I just want to tell you, I see you. Thank you for showing up so that others could show up. And thank you to everybody who works in that industry in terms of keeping all of us who take public transportation safe by keeping trains and buses and planes and everything so clean. The country could not have moved without you there to move us. And so I want you to know how grateful I am to you. As always, I am so grateful to everyone in the medical industry. I am so grateful to teachers, 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 you did it. School's over. Whatever this year of school was, you've done it. 
You did it. You've done it. I hope you close your computer and never look at an email for like the next two and a half months. Okay. I hope you seriously sleep. I know you have kids. A lot of you have kids at home. So it's not like you suddenly are on vacation. But I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. Libraries, it's your turn to shine. It's summer reading. Woo! Thank you, libraries. Thank you, everybody who keeps food coming in America. Everybody who is working at grocery stores, uh, stocking, delivering, harvesting. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you to all the volunteers, all the people who have been out there during this pandemic, volunteering their time, whether it be at food banks, whether it be at vaccination or testing centers, all of it at schools, everywhere. Thank you for offering your time. And thank you to everyone who has gotten vaccinated. If you are a person who is able to get vaccinated and you have not yet, I highly encourage you to go do so. Everybody, you're amazing. Thank you. Now, little check-in. It's not really that little. <laughs> but so for the last two, I guess during this pandemic year, Katie Bell, a.k.a. Cat, has found that they enjoy using pronouns he, him, they, them. And let us know fairly early on in the pandemic. The first switch, though, was to Cat, And then they decided they wanted a different name and came to us to inform us that they would like to go by the name Raiden. Now, why I fucking love this name is because it is the, and they did not know this uh, when they picked this name. It is the Japanese god of lightning and thunder. Also, Mortal Kombat. As Stefan said to me, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick your own name, you might as well pick a really cool one. So out of just respect for Raiden over the last uh, year, because I wanted to make sure that Raiden had the room and the space with this choice to make sure that they were comfortable in the space that they were creating for themselves. I have just been continuing to call them Cat on the show. But as I have referenced on the show many times, every kid, <laughs> every kid, I was just at a graduation for Raiden, who was going from sixth to seventh grade. Every kid currently is allowing all of this new language when it comes to gender to be part of trying to get through puberty and this time in their life. This is a time when kids are already exploring who they are how they want to be seen in the world, how they want to present themselves in the world and walk through the world. And I, I think it is such a gift that they now have language when it comes to gender and self-identity to be part of that journey and that experience for them. But anyway, I just, it was getting harder and harder for me to not use the name that uh, they have chosen for themselves. And, you know, yes. I miss the name Katie Bell. I do. But I don't miss my child because my child's right here in front of me. Being the exact same child, just going by the epic name of Raiden. So that's that's my check-in. Summer! Speaking of middle school 
changes, checking in, gods of thunder, epicness. Today, we are going to be talking about coping with that time in our lives through art and imagination with our guest, Tori Sharp, who just came out with their first graphic memoir, Just Pretend. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Tori Sharp who is a Seattle-based author-illustrator and swing and blues dancer with a BFA in sequential art from SCAD. You can find her online at www.noveltori.com, Novel Tori, and on Twitter at Novel Tori. Just Pretend is her debut graphic novel. Welcome, Tori. Woo! Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Before we get in to Just Pretend, I would like to ask you what we ask our guest, which is, who lives in your house? It is me and my dog, Annie. She's a toy poodle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have some other neighbors who live in the building. Some of them Uh have their own entrances. But as far as my household is concerned, it's just me and my dog. I actually really like the notion of like who lives in your house and you're like, well, other people live in the building. Mm-hmm. And technically that is, no, I actually like that a lot. That's, that's pretty good. Do you like them? Do you have to like, you know, are they all right? Are they all right? Oh, neighbors? they're wonderful. Yeah, oh, I got good. pretty lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is the poodle? She's two, but I've oh, only baby. had her for a couple of months. So. Oh, was now, was this a pandemic? poodle or was this a are poodles like the type of dogs that you would want to get like as a pandemic pet or or was this like I have wanted a poodle my entire life and I want it to be small like how (laughs) tell me the story of the toy poodle well she's um I was I was looking for an ESA and an emotional support animal oh baby yeah and she just i i found this dog she used to be a breeding dog and she was being retired i think she'd only had one litter and she just has the calmest sweetest personality and her previous owner thought she would do really well having a person of her own um because she was living with a lot of other dogs and it seemed like she was a dog who would like a lot of individual attention so she's been absolutely wonderful and uh, I guess in that way, she's kind of a pandemic dog, but I also But it just... sounds bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about why you were looking for a poodle. I'm really interested. Yeah. Yeah. So part of it is anxiety and the sense of stability that comes from having a, a living creature there with you all the time, right? That was the mm-hmm. element that the pandemic affected. And also that right at the like one year anniversary of the pandemic, a couple of my closest friends here in Seattle just separately told me they were moving out of the country. And oh! I was very excited for them. But I yeah, also but... realized after a year of living on my own, it might be a good idea to have the presence of some sort of living being who would just kind of be there all the time. The other reason that I decided to get an ESA is that I'm on the autism spectrum and Uh it just ends up being really helpful for autistic people a lot of the time to have 
the routine that's built into caring for a pet and also things like interacting with them and petting them and having that like soft texture can be really calming having them like lay on you and and provide a little bit of weight feels really grounding there's lots of reasons that it can be super helpful for autistic people and i i have her as an esa right now and have considered trying to get her um to be a service dog if she does well as and i have other chronic health issues too so (laughs) there's a few different axes on which she would be a great support or as a children's author i thought there's also a possibility to have her be a registered therapy dog and bring her into schools for class visits. So oh, I'm not... I love therapy dogs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just had some of my first like virtual school visits, which were amazing. But I'm also really looking forward to being able to go into schools eventually and interact with kids and hopefully bring Annie along so that they have that comfort from her as well. I got to tell you, uh, I'm just going to stop and say... What a remarkable job you're doing. I, I Just oh. like, good job. That is such good taking care of yourself. You know, like I, we all struggle with that, I think, regardless of like what the makeup is. I don't know. I just think that that is remarkable. And I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Because I would also imagine when you go into schools, I, I know that, you know, Annie would be a comfort for the kids to see, right? And as a way to connect. But I got to imagine it would be incredibly stabilizing and like comfort for you too to have her there. That's a great point. For school visits in particular, I hadn't really considered how helpful she would be for me as well, I guess, because I think of that as something that I would be doing for other people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I... Absolutely agree. I think just having her present with me to focus on when I feel overwhelmed is a great help. Um, And she can always be a topic of conversation if (laughs) any any public interaction with people gets to be confusing. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I I just wish we could all carry dogs and cats around with us all the time. It would be so nice. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into the book because. Just Pretend is your first graphic novel, and it not only is it a graphic novel, it's a graphic memoir, and I should be 100% upfront with you. I have a middle schooler, just newly minted middle schooler in my house who eats graphic novels for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and this is such a great addition to their collection, right? Like, it, it's so... I just, I'm so thrilled that so many, in particular, women illustrators and writers are writing these sort of middle school sort of aimed books. So uh, thank you. It's, it's great. But it's a memoir as well. So talk to us about, talk to us about it. It's about divorce and using imagination and creativity to sort of cope with it. But that's just the blurb. That's just the blurb cover. Talk to us about it. Yeah. So Just Pretend is a graphic memoir for ages 8 to 12, approximately, or whoever feels like picking it up. (laughs) (laughs) It is about how when I was a kid, I lived in multiple homes. So my parents are divorced, right? And in a lot of stories about kids with divorced parents, they end up living with 
maybe one parent and you don't see a lot of the back and forth that happens. At least when I was growing up, I didn't have books that really showed what that particular experience was like. And when I was making Just Pretend, I really understood why that is. It's really strange to tell a story where the characters flip-flop back and forth Mm. between so many different settings. It creates a really unusual narrative structure and you're writing a book about instability, which means that the way that it's written and read can feel kind of unstable as you're going through it too. And it definitely does have that component that you're mentioning about storytelling being a way to cope with everything that's going on, to process it, to understand it, to communicate with those around you about what it's like if you have trouble just getting the words out in a way that makes sense to people. And it does have a little bit to do as well with storytelling being a way to cop out of and not deal with what's going on in your life at the same time and how at some point we do need to actually take steps to verbally communicate with the people around us about what we're feeling. And that happens in a few ways in the book. There are relationships with my best friend, Taylor, who's still one of my very best friends, and with my family members. And I think also the character of Tori has a little bit of reckoning to do with herself and just understanding herself better as she goes through. And I do, I am mentioning her as like a character separate from me. I, was <laughs> I still say, feel a little I... self-conscious about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody who writes a memoir or any book in which uh, even if it's fictional, it it takes the writer, the author through personal experiences that they may have had can either be, well, I think it always winds up being therapeutic on some level, but like it can also bring up stuff maybe the writer wasn't expecting for it to bring up or what was the process like for you? I'll begin with the idea of it being therapeutic, right? Because sure. I- I wanted to write a memoir and I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't using it as a space to process my own life on paper in a very public sense. I feel that in order to write memoir, I had to reach my own conclusions about a lot of things and do the work in my own life to come to a sense of understanding about what had happened. Yeah, eventually I felt like I was at a point where I had something to say with it and could write it down in a way that would be meaningful to the people who were reading it, right? So Mm -hmm. You write for yourself first a lot of the time, and I love making comics, and it was definitely an experience that I enjoyed, but also the point of the book is for kids who are going through their parents' divorces or who really want to be a writer or do some creative pursuit and feel like there are so many obstructions in their life Yep, to feel a sense that they can do it and that it's worthwhile to pursue those things. And as for the process of writing (laughs) for my own life... (laughs) At first, the draft that I wrote of Just Pretend was stretching basically from the day I was born until now. It was more autobiographical. (laughs) I knew that the final draft wouldn't stretch that long. Memoirs typically only cover max a year or two of your life because you're telling a contained story. But in order to figure out what I wanted this book to be about, I just wrote out everything that felt like it remotely related to the topics of divorce and storytelling throughout my life. And then I showed that very messy, terrible first draft to my agent, and he helped me see what were the parts of it that really would work perfectly in a middle grade graphic memoir and what felt like the core story. And he advised that I really focus in on the friendship with Taylor and and help me see everything more clearly. But that's tough when um, 
you're working as you know with with a professional right with your agent and you know that something's garbage the first time you send it in (laughs) (laughs) i uh, i sent it to him and had an absolute meltdown and i (laughs) i went and i like watched i i could not stay still because i was so restless so i went to a movie theater and saw detective pikachu by myself so it was just what was playing and it calmed me right down so but that's that was my not process. the worst adaptive movie that's been out there <laughs> over the last couple of years okay as a as the as the parent who is totally fine going to see whatever with kids mm-hmm. uh i've seen detective pikachu in the yeah. movie theater not bad a little weird to separate uh, Ryan Reynolds Pikachu from Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, uh, but that mm-hmm. actually just made it more enjoyable for me. I kept right, waiting I didn't go in for with some... super high hopes, but I was <laughs> delighted. And it might have just been how panicked I was I about other things that made me want to love it. But I came out of that theater just thrilled at what I had just watched. No, well, that's exact. That I feel like that's the uh, good reason to go into any movie. You know, just like I'm going to need this movie. Yes. It has one job. <laughs> To calm me down and get my mind off of whatever else is going on. I love it. Come on, movie. Uh, We're setting you up for success here. (laughs) The bar is so low. (laughs) Oh, I understand. All the low bars. All right. Let's talk about imagination and making believe and pretending in terms of coping. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of make-believe and a huge fan of pretending you will never hear out of my mouth to our kids you know what that's ridiculous yeah it can't happen <laughs> I'm like if my You're kid too old thought for this Yo! yeah yeah sorry those are not the parents you got I, like <laughs> I remember there was this imprint in our back yard that my oldest when they were young thought looked like a dinosaur footprint and Stefan and I were like, maybe, might mm-hmm. be, I don't know, could can't be. Can't prove otherwise, so. Yeah, can't prove, I don't know, I don't know if it isn't, and like, <laughs> you know, I know that there was the fear of like one day them realizing it wasn't, and that we were horrible, horrible liars, but we just had to hope that we were pushing the joy of the moment of mm-hmm. the imagination, rather than everything being a horrible lie. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm talk to pre- me. I'm pre- I haven't met your kids, but I'm pretty sure they'll forgive you for that. Oh, yes. yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm going to mess them up lots of other ways. Don't worry about it. Talk to me about when you started. Like, how did this, like, have you been drawing, for example? You, you are a beautiful illustrator. And I've got a kid who, who draws. And at, like, I understand I am not an artist like that. So, like, that was never an escape for me or a tool I could use, but I can see how helpful a tool it is for my oldest. So talk to me about when you discovered that was something that you could use. So I started drawing more seriously in middle school, right? (laughs) I got very into it, partially because it was a way to just fidget, like have something to do with my hands in classes if I needed to get me through the school day when it felt so long. But I also got really into drawing as a coping mechanism when I felt a lot of pressure to be perfect in other ways because it felt like the only thing in my life that I was allowed to be really fucking bad at. And that 
was just very liberating to think there are no grades attached to this. <laughs> Even like art class in school, yeah. you're not really graded on how good it is. It's a participation <laughs> kind of class. That's exactly right. what I needed. And then just from drawing a lot, I realized that I had this natural ability to copy from photographs. So like, or from life, right? Up until then, I'd just been doodling without trying to really draw from life. And at some point in middle school, I started going out into my mom's garden and drawing roses or taking photographs of people and drawing them. My mom, I think, still has a drawing hanging up that I drew when I was about 13 based on my own school photo. And it looks photorealistic. So that was something that came really naturally to me when I was growing up. And I know that Just Pretend is a cartoon. (laughs) But I think that in order to cartoon well, you have to be able to draw well from life. So just having that basis of I didn't have to do this well. And then I sort of discovered pretty quickly the thing about it that I was actually good at was nice. Because I think that when you're going into art, it's not like you're doomed if you can't draw from photos well right away, right? Everybody has different strengths that you can work into your process. But I was just lucky that I stumbled on it pretty early and it became something that then by high school, I had a sense of competence, competency. Yeah, competency, yes. Yeah, I felt pretty fucking good at it. So then it was like a point of pride. (laughs) Which is, man, in middle and high school, you got to cling to those things. When you find the thing that that (laughs) brings you the joy and you're good at, it's like, oh, I must cling to this. I love it. I love that. Did you ever, because this is, again, one of the themes in the book, did you ever get lost in it? Did it ever distract you from from your the things you had to cope with? Yeah, I think maybe it it became a way to cope that wasn't always super healthy. But I think that um, part of that is that some of my friendships were so based around the like art and stories that we perhaps weren't talking about other things all the time. Um, I don't know, because it's both, right? Like art and stories help you connect with people. I, I was the type of kid who like, really liked to analyze my friend's writing too. So they would print it out and I would go over it with red pen. And it was pretty much every day they were coming in with new writing for me because I would mark it up, but I'd also doodle all over their papers and (laughs) just get really excited about the fun stuff that was happening in their stories. So uh, it became something that bonded us because I typically had a mutual love of writing and drawing with my friends, but you need a foundation for a relationship kind of beyond shared interests at some point too. So I think it's a little tough to transition past that and then really be involved in each other's lives in a different way. Or you can conflate the two and think that that type of friendship is a really close friendship and not test it with other, but just by going through life together in other ways. But I still think overall writing and drawing has done more to connect me with other people than <laughs> distance me from <laughs> than them. not. Than- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... Why do you think for, I mean, regardless of what the mechanism is or what the way it it comes out is, what do you think is valuable, especially for like middle school aged kids mm-hmm. in using make-believe, imagination? And these are two words that like conjure up such young images as opposed to what you associate with like middle school or older aged kids. 
what do they benefit from from doing this and as a parent how can i not squash that <laughs> stop it stop doing that stop whatever you're doing right <laughs> right i think seeing a couple of reviews i don't typically read reviews for my book mm. but I, I noticed at least one that said something about just really early on um that said because the kids are using their imaginations it felt younger than the the target age group which i thought was so funny because yeah i as an adult call myself a professional make-believer like my job is so fucking weird i do a bunch of different things and so <laughs> i feel like that's the only umbrella term that makes sense for being an author and also being a literary agent and the other odd jobs i've done along the way and i think uh, that imagination has such a crucial role for kids like beyond it connecting you with people and just being a fun thing to do with friends imagination and storytelling are a type of problem solving stories in particular the way that they're structured the character has a problem and then they have to figure out ways to overcome it and usually in a story they have lots and lots and lots of little problems and for instance writing or just going out and like playing pretend with your friends or playing role-playing games mm -hmm. are a way to vicariously through the characters establish problems and then come up with different solutions for how those characters could get out of it, which I think is applicable way beyond creative pursuits. I think for kids interested in math and science and all sorts of different fields, no matter what they want to do, having good problem-solving skills helps you in all areas of life. And I also think for a lot of kids, especially neurodivergent kids, mm -hmm. the idea of role play is a great way to kind of practice. It's yeah. a way to internalize the ways that you notice people around you interacting with each other and then act them out to see how they feel and to try to assess why other people are communicating in that way. So neurodivergent kids are not, it helps with communication skills as well. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I think, but I think you're right. I think the lifelong benefits from it are are those things communication skills as well as creative problem solving are just so important to us as adults and sometimes you can see out in the world where imagination has been severed <laughs> as opposed to where you know really great problem solving really comes from creativity and 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 if you can imagine and pretend you tend to be able to be more empathetic i think being able to yes. come at things from different perspectives and seeing things through different lenses which i think is so critical i have to ask about the dancing because okay. it's in your bio and i think it's the most amazing thing ever please tell me about the dancing um, so when I started college, I got uh -huh. involved in a swing dance club and it just clicked instantly as something that I really loved to do. Um, I always felt like I was a terrible dancer. I remember playing like Dance Dance Revolution with my sister, who is an actual like ballet dancer and everything when we were kids and feeling like I could never reach that level of skill. Mm-hmm. But social dancing with swing is such a fun way to be out interacting with people in a context that also feels very safe and kind of anonymous because 
you go, I'm very extroverted, so I like meeting new people. But in swing, I think it's such a great way to meet people because you get to dance for the length of a song, which is three or four minutes. And if it's terrible, you never have to dance with that person ever again. <laughs> but if you kind of click and have a good time talking with them, um, it it's easy to have continued dances with them or to talk to them on the side and make new friends. And then it expanded into blues dancing and fusion and some other forms of dance. Once you know how to lead and follow and have the basic steps for one, I went to a country bar and really quickly picked up like two-step dancing. So fun. Yeah, all of it's so fun. <laughs> it is so fun. Yeah. And once again, good job recognizing what you like to do and doing it. <laughs> I just love it. The, the character of Emily in the book, my sister, yeah. is, is a dancer. So there's a lot of me being dragged around to all of her different <laughs> dance classes. And when I was maybe three or four, I was in a dance class. And I in the class was really good. But I screamed my head off every time my mom tried to take me to the class. I hated the feeling of tights being pulled on my leg. I didn't like people uh. messing with my hair. I knew that once I got there... I didn't really like understand the other kids or like what was expected of me, but I was like naturally really flexible and a great, great at like understanding the steps and remembering the footwork and stuff. So I was out there three or four years old, like in my little dance outfit on stage. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have memories of those shows, even part of yeah. why I write memoir is that I have a weirdly good memory. But then that was the last dance class I took until college. <laughs> No, but there's something like so much fun about swing dancing. It's so, it's so like fast and fluid mm -hmm. and physical. Like I, I just, the energy of it is just so joyous, you know, it's so joyous. And it's great with like dancing with a partner is yeah. so different than dancing on your own too. And it's a lot, I think it's a lot more fun because you get this counterbalance where you're using each other's weight to spin more quickly and to do the types of moves and motions that you wouldn't be able to do on your own. Yeah. It's definitely one of the things I've missed the most during the last year. I, I dance around my house and my kitchen and everything, but it's not the same as dancing with another person. <laughs> Oh, Annie the toy poodle might might be quick on the pickup. You never You've know. You caught me. I have danced with yeah. Annie a few times. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And That's she's excellent at it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Dory, thank you so much for joining us. I, this has been more than I hoped for. I, I'm so glad that we got to talk about so many different things. And the book is such a great, like it, it's right up there with all of the other ones that my kid has just like absorbed it, you know, awkward and smile and all of these. And it's, I, I'm so glad that it's, that it's out there. And thank you for sharing it with all of us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for buying your kid graphic novels too. I love hearing that kids are reading Lower. them it's so uh, good just, for them yeah no it's so good and plus there's a whole anime thing now so we literally mm -hmm. read graphic novels front to back and back to front in this house oh wonderful uh, because they're all the japanese you got to read them the other way yeah i'm like what's happening why are you reading the end first because i'm old but <laughs> i haven't read very many of those but i'll 
be reading them, you know, backwards yeah, and then backwards accidentally and finding myself turning the pages in the way the that I'm used way. to. <laughs> I know, I know. I just am like, how is your brain doing that? I don't right. even understand. But no, no, we are big supporter in uh, graphic novels in this house. So we'll make sure that everybody knows how to get obviously you all know how to get a copy of a book these days but (laughs) we will make sure that you are able to find out more about tori and all of her other endeavors and thank you so much for joining us thank you (laughs) have a wonderful rest of your summer you as well okay bye-bye bye One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy, an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. Oh, double entendre! I did it! (laughs) Guys, it can! It can be difficult to find yourself a little escape, and more importantly, to find a little space where your pleasure is the only priority. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so it makes you feel like you are right there. And speaking of right there, it is an excellent app because you can make sure the settings are just so, so that your stories are exactly suited for what you are into. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash badmother. dipsystories.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Teresa! I like I sometimes I want to go like I dream of genie style and just be like blink Teresa. I wish that I could do that like multiple times a day. That's really sweet of you. I wish that when you did it, not only did I appear, but I also had a very bouncy long blonde ponytail. Always. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that would, sounds fun. That would be helpful and something yeah. kind of loose fitting. Except yeah. around oh, the bosom area. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. so you know, you said it would be nice probably if I like, I dream of Genie Jew into my space all the time. But it would really just mm. be for me to like unload on somebody who I knew wouldn't say I was a bad person. So yeah. I'm not sure if yeah. it would be a perk for you. But I wish I could do it. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like we <laughs> we play those roles for each other. So, yeah, I think, you know, it goes both ways. So maybe you can also appear for me at times and be unloaded upon. Oh, good. A.K.A. texting. Yeah. Genius me, Teresa. (laughs) 
Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. So, this really did feel like a genius. You probably remember, Biz, that on Tuesday, mm-hmm. I was texting you ferociously slash yeah. sadly. Oh, yeah. Because you were just dreaming every... of genieing me. You were I dream I of really genieing me big time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yep. where are you? I need yeah. you now. Yeah. And, and then you were available like eight minutes later, and I was like, yeah. it's too late it's now. Already gone. I can't talk. It's was... <laughs> it already gone. I <laughs> that was it. my window. Damn it. So, basically just... Everything felt like it was falling apart Tuesday. You know, as you said to me, summer sucks. Summer sucks. And it turns out that even post-COVID, summer still can suck. And I still have not gotten to the point with my three amazing children where I have like a schedule that functionally works for our Mm. family during the summer. I can't seem (laughs) to make it happen. Like I I just have not, maybe someday. But so everybody's still, there's still a different day for each person in my family. So I'm still, there's still a diff- different arrangements to be made for each child. We're still not at the point where everybody can be in one place together during the day or doing the same thing, or even that two out of the three <laughs> could be doing something together. And on Tuesday, what happened was one of my kids got sent home from camp. And this has happened before, and it's probably not the last time that it will happen, but it really broke me because there were a lot of really annoying things that came before that, and I had worked really, really hard with this camp situation. This was Oscar. And I I felt like it was the, like, I could not go on in that moment. But the genius is coming. I did pull it together and reminded myself that him getting sent home from camp one day is a thing that happened, but it does not necessarily mean all of these other things that I have in my head about the future. (laughs) I like the thought of the future literally being 50 years down the road and everything that could happen between this one moment and then. And I am not joking. Like, (laughs) I wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I was thinking short-term future, like my summer. Yeah. But yes, of course, years to come, Yeah, you know, and how everybody's doing. How will everything ever be? How will everything (laughs) ever be okay? And, but you know, the camp, the camp was not saying it was the end of the world. They were not saying, you know, your child cannot come back or, you know, this is, it was just, he needed to come home. You know, I'm not going to get into all the details. So I I pulled my act together. By the time I got to Oscar, I had my act together enough to have an actually very helpful conversation with his counselor, teacher, person, Mm -hmm. and with him. And we talked more about it on the way home. And it was just the two of us because I picked him up early. It was just Oscar and me. And, you know, we really got to, we had like a good conversation about it and I did not think it was possible, but the next day, went to camp and had an amazing day. Like, an amazing day. There was no, he was like ready to go, he went, he had a good day by all accounts, and when we picked him up, he was like dirty and tired and happy and had all kinds of stuff that he wanted to share about his day, and he like earned a 
fake cockroach to prank me in his lunchbox and was delighted with that. <laughs> and, you know, it was just, it was like an, it was like an actual win. It wasn't like, well, we're getting there. It was like an yeah. actual win. And I know, again, that this also doesn't mean anything necessarily for the future, but it was one really good day. Yeah. And I felt so good about it. Like, it just was what I wanted for Oscar. It was what I wanted for me. <laughs> I got to tell you, it, that, it really is genius. It's really hard to get out of the place you started in. Yeah. That is such a deep well of a place. Yes. That it is hard to change those gears. And I think, again, it's just incredibly unfair the amount of mental pivoting that we have to do every single day. Yeah. And, and it's never the same each day. Yes. And there's always something literally unexpected. And you're you're supposed to somehow like have it together enough. I'm laughing because it's absurd because yeah, you're correct nothing, and it's on, absurd. Running on nothing. You're completely yeah. empty. Yes. Yet you're expected to run a NASCAR race, right? Yes. Like and win and do it smiling. Like it's, it's, it is stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid. It is. And, but you did it. Yeah, I did it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. I, got, I mean, if you could talk to me nine years ago, we started this show, however many years we've been doing it. I can't believe I'm just sitting here so genuinely like, you did that. <laughs> I know. Like, That's so hard. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good, good job. Thanks. It was the last week of school. Oh. And my oldest, who at the beginning of the show, as you know, we are calling Raiden now, which makes storytelling a lot fucking easier. Raiden, <laughs> God of Thunder, <laughs> was quote unquote graduating sixth grade because at their school, elementary goes up through six and is going to become a middle schooler. And it's been such a shitty ass year. I agreed to let Raiden and their two best friends spend the night in this house. I got a COVID test. I'm vaccinated fully, but I got a COVID test. Raiden got a COVID test. The other two got COVID tests. Everybody was negative. Stefan and Ellis went somewhere else. Nice. Because the fail would have been to let them stay. Oh, yeah. You know, this, this yeah. is not Stefan's wheelhouse. No. And I let those children come over here after the formal graduation ceremony. And I said to them, if you need anything that's an emergency, you can come and get me. If you make anything, clean it up. Other than that, I'm going to be in my room. Good night. Uh, <laughs> and I did. I, did. I love it. And they had like I a great it. time. Of course they did. And there were like a million things that sounded like emergencies to me. But overall, great time. It was 
I fucking love sleepovers. And so this is like something I have missed over this like last year of not being able to have the house full of insane children. And so I did all the things that made all of us comfortable. And then we let it happen. And then I immediately Clorox wiped the entire house down. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun. Hi, one bad mother. One bad mother. I'm calling with a genius. I have a five-year-old daughter with uh, autism. She's nonverbal and has many sensory issues. Therefore, wearing a mask is not the easiest thing for her. Since the pandemic, we've only taken her out of the house, uh, well, out and about where she needed to wear a mask to a couple places, namely Target, maybe twice. When school started up, we found out that she couldn't go back unless she wore a mask all the time, um, even with her IEP and all of the sensory needs. So I thought about how did we get her to wear a mask those two times we took her out, and um, she has no fixation, and the only way she keeps a mask on is with a pacifier. So my genius was to sew pacifiers into multiple masks so she could uh, wear her mask at school and keep it on, and the only way she took the mask off, the pacifier would be out. So it's worked so far, and uh, learning how to get over the pacifier will be um, a genius for another day. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, this this is, is, yeah, um, it's so good it's It's so good it's amazing it it is like somebody call shark tank right like somebody get this person a deal yeah you are a genius is what you are you're an actual genius like you're you're why this segment exists it's for (laughs) it's not it's not for the stuff we're spouting most of the time it's Mm-mm. for people like you doing amazing, genius things. Yeah. I, yeah. I I expect to hear all about your call from MIT very yeah. soon. Yes. Because you fucking deserve it. Yeah. Good job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. So Gracie, my nine-year-old, does not have a lot going on this summer. Um, one thing that we're doing is like very short Zoom music lessons twice a week with somebody who she's been working with for a while. <laughs> it's very, very slow going, but it's fine. It's like a thing that we're doing. Yeah. But the main thing is we have to show up on time because they're like 25 minutes long. I mean, I think that's probably the fail because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just showing up on time is not like the easiest thing for me no, um, in general, are, let alone right now. Zoom summer kids get whatever. Exactly, yeah, and that's... it's twice a week, so it's like it's not every day or like there's it gives no you rhyme two or reason. Days to you know? forget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but she has like the lessons back. To, the teacher has the lessons back to back, so like it's not like we can like go over yeah. or move it around or whatever. And <laughs> today. I had it up on the, like, schedule of the day. It's just that then, like, we never looked at it, which happens sometimes. Like, we just never looked at the schedule of the day, even though I made it, even though it was there. And so I I got a text from the teacher, like, 11 minutes into the lesson being like, hey, I'm on Zoom. And actually, she probably texted me at, like, seven minutes in, but I didn't look at my phone for another few minutes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so Gracie was... 
pissed because she wasn't Um, prepared for that. She didn't want to do that. And she was watching a bad movie. So we barely made it to the lesson, and we ended up using the lesson to (laughs) screen share this bad movie with the music teacher. Um, So that is what I paid for today. Oh, you paid for it. That's what I paid for. You paid for it. Yeah. Mother. Yep. Wow. You're doing a horrible job scheduling things and remembering them. Yes. I guess. I guess yes, that's I the the fail. Mm-hmm. But, you know, summer. Woohoo. Fucking woo. All yeah. right. I think I have spoken of this before. And if I have, it really makes this an even better fail that there's been no resolution. Be- and, and that. Maybe I've even forgotten all about it. Something I knew was a fail and then forgot and I'm now going to treat as if it's the first time I'm talking about it. When Ellis takes their bath, they cover their feet up with washcloths and we're not allowed to see their feet (laughs) ever. And they wear... It's okay that I laugh at that, right? Yeah. They wear... So I used to think it was kind of... Kind of cute. I it's was like, adorable. Oh, make a little washcloth foot, foot socks area. Foot socks, yeah. right? You, those are going to have a secret camp out, right? <laughs> no. And so, I, you know, look, he's been doing this for a really long time. And, you know, as a baby, when I had the time and energy and still cared about cutting my children's toenails. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I know that there's like a potential for ingrown toe sure. stuff, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. No one was complaining about toes. And I, the other day, said, like, part of me, though, was like, oh, yeah. It's like a little ding that's been going on for months, but I'm now only hearing. Yeah. And I go, Ellis, I'm going to need to see your your feet because I know that you've been covering up. I have a feeling you don't want me to say something. I'm going to need to see your feet. No. Okay, I'm gonna, is there something that you don't want me to see? You will be very mad. And I'm like, well, what is it? I can't tell you. Did you draw I hate mama on it? No. Do you have like a extra toe I don't know about? No. Is your toe telling you to do bad things? No, I'm having a hard time figuring out. What might make me mad? And I'm sure it's because he's picked something to pieces, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not like, I don't know where my worry level should be because they're walking just fine. There seems to be no discomfort. But now I'm, it's like Pandora's box. Now oh, yeah. I just have to know. And I have gone about, I've offered money. I've offered, if I get mad, you can get X, Y, and Z. I've sent Raiden in on it. Like Raiden's like, hey, I heard you talking with mama. What is that? I am really good at keeping secrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed up. And uh, nope. Won't share. I am now tempted to go in at night and try and get the sock off. Yeah. But. So are they, 
I didn't realize when you were first setting up the story. Sure. I thought it was just while in the bath, like it was a fun nope, bath. They keep game. Socks but it's on. all the time. All the it's time. All I the can't time. see the feet. And they just change their socks in secret, like yeah. when they're well, getting they dressed, get dressed in the on morning. Their head. Yeah, but because yeah. they. But now I'm like, but if you oh. came in to spy, they would notice yes. and be like, oh. no way. They would yeah. immediately cover okay. their mm-hmm. feet. So, mm-hmm. this is going to be my su- fun summer game. Is this where you're leaving us? This is what I don't know what it is. Yeah, you I'm leaving s- you right here. But it's obviously the nails, right? It's the obviously nails are the nails. Way too long. They're something way too is, long. Something's weird. There's the nails are way too long. One That's what it is. is. Fine. One foot they'll show me. It's the other foot they <gasps> want. And so okay, I'm that's, like, now that's interesting. So the yeah. one foot. When I looked at the how one, how were the nails? They were all right. I mean, they that bad. you know, kids pick yeah. up their toes; they take their own yeah, oh no, nails totally. off and stuff. Totally. But the other one, I'm like, I what? I mean, if he'd somehow removed it or if it was infected, we would know because oh, yeah. it would hurt. It would hurt. Yeah. It would hurt very. You badly. would know. You would know because yeah. it would hurt. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I'm, this is the wow. one bad yeah. mother summer yeah. mystery. <laughs> if you enjoyed cereal, yeah. If you <laughs> if you enjoyed if you enjoyed cereal, you'll enjoy Ellis's mystery foot. Anyway, that's it. I, the fail is I have no idea what's happening. I there also feels like a fail that I won't just say show me your foot or you'll yeah. never get you know just force him yeah uh, but that seems fucked up yeah, and then just that we're even at this place yeah there's a yeah. lot there's a, there's lot, a lot messed yeah. up it's also it's... what I have I feel like Ellis have I ever like yelled at yeah. you or been mad yeah have I ever been mad yeah no so what could this be that you think would trigger this are they afraid of getting their nails trimmed? Like, do you think it could be one long nail and they just don't want it trimmed or something? This is the kid who had the bag of nails oh, and yeah. hair yeah. collection. Oh, Gabe just made a face. Gabe came into the show after that collection story. Yeah. Anyway, there you go, guys. All right. It's a it's a nail biter. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm calling with a fail. This is a fail. I was listening to the latest episode about forgetting to teach your kids how to use their cutlery. And it reminded me that last week, my nearly six-year-old daughter asked me, Mom, how do I properly wipe after using the bathroom? And I realized my daughter turns six next month, and I have never taught her how to wipe after using the toilet. So, you know, in the last two, three years where I haven't been wiping her butt, she's probably been doing it wrong, and that's probably why she keeps picking at her underwear all day. <laughs> Uh, it's just fail on fail on fail over here. You guys are doing a good job. Look, you're doing a reasonable job. You know yeah. how this fail happens? You're... This this fail happens similarly to the toe fail. Uh-huh. You're just so happy that your kid wants yeah. the independence and yes. doesn't want you to do something for them yes. anymore. That you just immediately close that chapter. Yes. You assume it's fine. You're hoping yeah. it's fine. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. I yep. like again, if it wasn't, I feel like we would all really know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right? like, absolutely. That that is exactly 
have, there are multiple things I realize I have not taught yeah. my children yeah. simply because I stopped thinking about it. Definitely. <laughs> so good job no longer thinking about it. Failure realizing that you now are thinking about it. <laughs> Enjoy not sleeping. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Are you riddled with guilt over your TBR pile? Are you filled with shame about a book that you just can't seem to finish? Are you having regrets because grad school killed your love of reading? We're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. I'm Mallory. And I'm Bria. Let us absolve you of all your reading guilt. Stuck on a book you don't like? We'll help you dump it. Can't figure out what to read next? We'll recommend something in your wheelhouse. Can't decide where to buy your books from? We'll point you in the right direction. No matter what you read or how you read it, we'll help you do it better. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Cation. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total with <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, working out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make <laughs> one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Well, everyone, it's time to gather together. And listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi guys, this is a rant. I guess I was just in Trader Joe's and I discovered just how fucked up it is to be inside the brain of a mom sometimes when you're there by yourself without any children, which sounds amazing. And I was looking forward to that as I was driving to the store. And then I was in the store, and I saw all these moms with their kids, and I wanted to cry, and I missed my kids. <laughs> and that's weird. I see them every day. They're not anywhere unusual. One of them is at home. I could go home and see my kids, but I was sad and jealous. I wanted my kids there with me, even though who wants kids at the grocery store with you if you can go by yourself? And then I'm leaving, and I see this girl leaving with flowers. She's dressed really nice. Who dresses nice anymore? Nobody. Ah! But this girl, she's carrying flowers. She looks happy. She doesn't have any kids with her. And I was jealous. I was jealous of her also because she had to dress up and go somewhere and have flowers. If I brought home flowers, they would get knocked over or turn into this art project. Who knows? So that's what I've got. We're all doing it. That's, that's all.
doing it, doing it. You are doing it. You yeah, are you doing are. Yeah. a good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah, this is a crazy place. I, I, I need to get out of this house so bad. I need to be away from people who need me. And then it, it's happened to me. I like, let's say Teresa and I were doing a live show back when that kind of thing happened. I would go to the airport and I would be so excited that I was by myself. And then I would see families and I immediately wanted to be with my family. It's probably some sort of natural instinct yeah. that keeps us from it's, from it's just running away like forever. It's probably necessary for yeah. survival of humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Just like wandering. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. And I, it's always surprising because yeah. we all understand the value of boundaries. Oh, yeah. And like even going to the fucking Trader Joe's by yourself yeah. can offer a little headspace. It's not just that you miss your kids at the grocery store. I think there's something else happening here when we go through this. And it's like, would you be feeling this way looking at a parent with their kids whose kids are pulling things from the aisles and throwing them on the ground, right? Or just punching their brother, over and over, right? Like, or just asking the parent for stuff nonstop. Can I have, can I have, can I have, can I have? Like, are they, is, because sometimes when we're out, everybody looks like they're fucking perfect, right? Everybody looks like they are like, like I can remember that time I'm in the car and there was like a mom and their two kids crossing the street and everybody was just smiling, crossing the street. And I was like, (laughs) I was so jealous in that moment. I was like, look at that family. They are out. Everybody looks happy. And they're they're like uh, doing it mm-hmm. really well. That We would never look like that. If you ever saw us walking across the street, I don't think I would ever look like that. I don't know if that's true, guys. Yeah, I I am reminded of... When Jesse and I used to go out on dates, when that was a thing that, when that was we did. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I would tell him, like, he would suggest a dinner place. And I would say, well, we can't go anywhere where there's likely to be kids. Like, we have to go somewhere yeah. that that is, like, not kid-friendly. And it was for this exact reason. Like, yeah. I just did not – if I was going to go out, it's not like I have a problem with being at a restaurant where there's kids. <laughs> it's that – if I'm not going to have my kids there, I don't want to be looking at other people's kids yeah. for this exact reason. Because yeah. I would have like pangs. I would have pangs of longing for my children. And I don't, that's not what I'm going out for. That's I don't need, not, I don't need that. I don't need to take on. that on. <laughs> I could just stay home. How would you feel about a romantic <laughs> night for the two of us in which... 90% of your evening is just thinking about your own children. Yeah. It's yeah, no, that's not horrible. Hot. Terrible. And I also simultaneously feel on different levels that there are some errands that I do like doing with my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really like doing errands, but if I have to do errands, some errands are errands that I would like to do with some of my kids. Like I it's actually more enjoyable 
as like a way to pass the time with my kids to have one of these kinds of things to do. Curtis, my little one in particular, is a delight on errands. Like it's like having a little buddy with you, you know, and it's, it's so nice. It's so nice. So I don't think you're broken. I just think you're, I just think what you're you're expressing is that feeling of like, oh, fuck, like there's no going back. Like there's no escape from my mom brain. Like I'm just now a mom forever, whether I'm with my kids or I'm not with my kids. I, my brain is different and that, like, this is where I live now. This is yes. where so I live. You live in this horrible house now. Yes. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Look, you're doing a good job. And the woman who was dressed up really nice getting flowers, yeah. uh, they I tell you what their story is. Their story is they were out of clothes. <laughs> and this was the only thing they had to put on. Everything else was covered in barf or whatever. And they, this was it. This was it. And what are the flowers they, for? The flowers, yeah, they were to cover the stain that we didn't know was there. Did you see the stain? Then I think it worked. Look, the bottom line is you are doing an amazing, remarkable job, and that that's just who we all are now. Yes, yeah, secret handshake, (laughs) tears. The secret handshake is just seeing each other crying in public. That's the secret handshake. (laughs) Wink. Speaking of seeing each other in public, that's probably happening more and more and more, which is probably a good time to remember that everyone has got a shit ton of chaos going on in their lives. Whatever... You wish people understood about you when you're out in the world? Just go ahead and assume that about everybody else. We're all anxious suddenly going out. We're all trying to make decisions that feel like the right decision when it comes to masks or no mask as the rules change and shift again. And some of us have kids under 12 and some of us don't. And like, ah, what of all my fight? If I- if I can keep a mask off my kid, I would in two seconds. You know what I mean? Like, so what's safe and what's that? Everybody, let's assume the best about each other first and that we've all put the thought into it. What's what's working for our family and then giving others space. You're all doing a remarkable job. It's fucking summer and that sucks. Teresa, you are doing a good job and when you and I were texting the other day in the middle of breakdowns you it's one of the things you said was I just needed to tell you because I knew you would still think I'm like doing a good job as a as a parent and I I I just really wanted to you know share that publicly you're welcome because I think that's really that's just it when we hit those places of just complete drowning. It feels like somehow it's because we're horrible and we've we've somehow raised horrible and we're horrible and everybody's judging and, and it's just it's just not true. It's not true. The two aren't related. And so I will say to you again, Teresa, You are doing a very good job. You are a very, very good mama. 
And I see everything you're doing. Thanks, Biz. You are also doing a very, very good job. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.